Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. We help people to combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is James Smith. Now, our guest truly believes in second chances. He's a a former compulsive gambler, ex-offender that served five years in the Federal Correctional Institute for armed bank robbery, a former practicing attorney, a former North Carolina State Bar Approved Sponsor of Continuing Legal Education for 11 years, and he's a retired pastor of a historical missionary Baptist church in Durham County, North Carolina, where he served for almost 32 years. James is also an author of three books, Deal By Me, A Golden Opportunity Blown, Deal By Me, Second Edition, A Self-Evaluation, and Come Let Us Reason Together. And James has overcome cancer and severe back surgeries as well. So if anybody can help us today with positivity and encouragement, I think it will be, um, you know, James Smith. So please welcome to show Dr. James Smith. James, thank you so much for being a guest today. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Great. Be on your show. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, if you can, let's get into that because your bio just touches on it, but let's tell us how you got to where you are today. I know it, and it's a rocky road, but I, you know, I think people will get to know you a little better. Well, let me, let me begin by just telling you that uh, I grew up in a family of uh, no brothers and sisters, but a very warm uh, family of lots of cousins. Uh, aunts, uncles. We grew up on a farm, and uh, of course, my granddaddy was fortunate to have about 500 acres of land. And so we farmed. We had all kind of animals. We had all kind of crops. Uh, I finished high school and went off to uh, college. And uh, at my end of my junior year, I enrolled in in law school, and so I received my bachelor's uh, of commerce and uh, business and one year law school at the same time. And I finished law school, came out. Eventually, uh, I passed the bar wow. in 1971 and I started practicing law in my hometown. At the time that I started practicing law, I was the uh, first and only African-American lawyer practicing in the state of, of uh, North Carolina. Well, no, I don't mean North Carolina, in my hometown. Uh-huh. But I was also the uh, youngest African-American lawyer practicing law in the state of North Carolina. Wow. At that at that time, I was 26 years old. Uh, I practiced law, bought an apartment, and uh, we moved our office to Henderson, which is about 19 miles. So for a while, we had an office in Henderson and an office in in uh, Lewisburg, which is my hometown. Okay. Uh, in the interim, I kind of got off into gambling. And gambling uh, really kind of was what brought me to uh, end my law practice because uh, I lost everything that I had. Uh, lost my wife of five years. Uh, properties that I have accumulated, I 
I lost, uh, and uh, I lost my focus. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the best way to say it. I lost my focus, and um, long story behind it. But you know, I thought about suicide. I uh, didn't go through that, but thinking about my mom as an only child, and that kind of kept me from going down that road. But I did something still very stupid. I ended up robbing a, a bank. I received a 15-year sentence. Uh, but prior to that time, after I committed the crime, I was sent to Northridge Vicks Mental Hospital for a six-week observation. And of course, that's kind of where I really came to the realization of what was facing me, and mm-hmm. uh, that I know I needed to make a change in, in my life. So it was really doing this uh, three-week period while I was at the middle hospital that uh, brought me to kind of where I am now. I I, uh, I began to think about what I was doing and how I got to where I was and what made me rob this bank. And, of course, I just made certain commitments that I wasn't going that way anymore. I was right. finished with gambling. I was finished with drinking i was finished with all the stuff that i thought got me there so i was i was at ease when i knew i uh, was going to receive some time uh it it, i it didn't even really bother me that much because i i had already made my mind up that i wanted to get it behind me and start my life over again because i felt comfortable uh in in doing that because i knew where i was and so um, I came out after five years, went to a halfway house, and from the halfway house, I got a job. I went to uh, the courthouse as soon as I got to the halfway house, So a lawyer that, that I knew and who knew me and didn't ask me any questions. He just told me to come to work the next day. Hmm. I started working the next day in, in his office. Uh, and of course, from there on, I, uh, you know, was co- continuously feeling the desire to minister, mm-hmm. and so I went to seminary. Wow! Uh, I uh, eventually, you know, it wasn't. I didn't do it in three years because I, I remarried in this process. So, but I did go to seminary. I eventually received my master's of divinity degree. I continued and received my doctor of ministry. Wow. Uh, and of course, uh, during this whole process, uh, I got out in '86, and uh, in '91, uh, I got a call to to the church, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, I stayed at that church for two months short of 32 years. Just retired back in December, and uh, in in the process, while I was confined. I started uh, writing. It was kind of a third before me, so I mm-hmm. didn't. It, it wasn't anything. That I wasn't even thinking about a book, but I had written. I uh, I knew about three or uh, four hundred pages of just therapy. You know, starting yeah. out how I got to this, my law practice, and what have you. And when I got out, when I got out, I had it. So I gave copies of it to lots of folks. And one of my friends who read it said, "Oh, you need to put this in a book." So that's how I got to write my first book. Yeah. And uh, so 
uh, I wrote that and it, it went well. I had a couple of book signings and, uh, and during COVID, uh, I began sitting around the house, nothing to do. So I wrote a second edition to the first book. Okay. Uh-huh. And, uh, then, uh, I, because of my legal background, I became moderator moderators for the General Baptist State Convention in North Carolina. And the president at that time wanted me to work with churches that had, uh, that was going through conflict. So I started doing workshops and okay. uh, that took me all across the state doing, doing uh, uh, church conflict workshops. And of course, fortunately, uh, somebody was talking about, well, you're doing so well. And I think lawyers would like to hear your story and would like me. So I applied uh, to the, the North Carolina State Bar. I, I honestly, I didn't think I was getting it. That, I, that was part of my problem. I didn't feel that I was worthy. But mm-hmm. when I applied, uh, I finally got approved as a sponsor to uh, uh, teach uh, ethics, mental health, and substance abuse to lawyers wow. across the state of North Carolina. And so I did that for 11 years. Wow. I just just quit doing that when COVID came. Okay. And you know I didn't want to continue to travel, so uh, I just gave it up. And that's basically you know my story. Uh, mm-hmm. After retiring, uh, well, just about three or four months before I retired, I decided that I wanted to continue my ministry. So that's when I decided to start a podcast. Right. And so I've, I, I, I've now been doing a podcast for about six months, going really great. I, I'm doing on average of about three or four every, uh, a week. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's exciting. So that's kind of where I am now. Uh, I have also began to put together a, uh, a, I call it a legal awareness workshop that's dealing with conflict forms and what have you that I can do virtual oh, uh, cool. with churches uh, uh, across the state. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm beginning to move that along with my podcast. And so I mean, just enjoy life. That's, that's where I am now. Well, that's great. I mean, and you think about it, it's the the mindset and, and you you said a couple things in, in that, you know, description you talked about was the journaling and how that it seemed to help you. Like you said, it was a mental therapy, if you will. How how do you think did I need I can imagine the journaling help? What was your mindset going through this as well? It seemed like you were comfortable before you actually got the sentence um, that, you know, you were OK with, you know, basically paying your dues, if you will, and getting through it. Um, what was was how was the mindset going over that idea that, that you made a mistake that is actually going to put you, you know, away for a while? Um, well, I actually uh, it's, it's very interesting because when I was uh, right after the crime, uh, I was placed under a one hundred thousand dollar bond. Mm hmm. And the next day, uh, they took me before the judge uh, because they obviously thought I'd had a mental breakdown. You know, mm-hmm. no lawyer who, uh, you know, I was an accomplished lawyer in North yeah. Carolina, so no lawyer would do what I did. So it, they, they had to think that something was wrong. Right. So when they sent me to the to the mental hospital, I think that was my turning point because yeah. I had a chance to just reflect. Uh, how in the world could you do what you did? 
you had a good law practice, you know, uh, but in between all of this, I lost my first wife because of the gambling. You know, I, I, I had uh, two partners. We kind of split up because of the gambling. So I was dealing with all of this. And so I just came to the realization, you know, and meditated. I think my faith kicked in. My, my mm -hmm. mom was my mom was very uh, committed Christian and okay. thinking about her and she talked. And I just came to the conclusion that, look, I can't live like this. You yeah. know, my life has to be different. And so I just said, I, I want to go ahead and get it all over with. You know, whatever the judge gives me, I'm okay with it. I'm going to do the best I can while I'm there. Not in trouble. I'm going to do what I got to do to get out. And when I get out, I'm just going to start trying to pull my life back together. When I got out, that's what my mom told me. She told me when I got out, she says, son, you can go and lie down in the ditch if you want to. You can go and put your head in the sand if you want to. But all folk going to do is come kick more sand on you and rub your head further into the sand. She yeah. said, but if you want to get up, they will give you a helping hand. And, you know, and that's what I did. I just yeah. said, look, I'm not looking back. I'm going forward. And that's what I did. And that's great. That's a great reminder for people. We need to always look forward. I mean, you can't do anything about what was. It's in the past. It's written in the books. But let's move forward because there's more opportunity in front of you. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's such a, you know, if you will, it's uh, it's a hard thing to go through, but it's a great lesson of that idea of, you know, hope, positivity, growth, and what's in the future for us. I'm going to share this with you. I tell people this sometimes when they laugh at me. I tell them that actually my five years in prison added five years of my life. And yeah. they wonder, I said, how? I said, number one, I, I, I ate well. I exercised every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, said, I just, I took care of myself. You know, yeah. I didn't have no, no stress or nothing. And, and uh, I really believe that, you know, wow. I, I think it probably took some years off my mom's life, yeah. you know, because she was obviously with stress. And I, I hated that part. But as for me, you know, I was, I had, I had gotten over it. I was, Ready to go. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's something. Wow. Well, you know, it's um, it's interesting because, I mean, that's a hard situation to go through. So do you have a belief that there's always good in every situation, uh, something to learn, if you will? Yeah, hmm. I do. I do feel that way. Um, uh, I just think that whatever we go through, uh, if we look at it in a positive way, we can learn from it. Yeah. Uh, and so from that viewpoint, I do think that in every situation there is some good that can come out of it. Yeah. Uh, and when I think about my own life, I see that. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know anything that you could do to those the worst than what I did, but look, it made me a totally better person. You know, right. I know I'm not the person that I used to be. Oh, well, you know, I, I was a I, not boasting, but I was a, an excellent lawyer. You talk with people who knew me back there, they, they would tell you that I, I was, uh, but gambling had just kind of got a hold of me. Maybe I lost mm. my focus. That's yeah. all I can say. Wow. I lost it. Yeah, well, God has a good way of turning you around and, and puts you in the right direction. So mm -hmm. amen to that. 
So um, do you think on your personal perspective that, uh, you know, that has a lot of weight on, you know, your current situation and how you've grown and everything like that? Uh, do I think, can you say that again? Now? Yeah, sure. Do you, do you think you're like, is your personal perspective then had a, you know, a big impact on where you are today and how you, you know, you learned from that situation? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I, my, the last book, that I, yeah. I wrote during COVID, uh, I sat down and I titled that. It was a second edition of my first book. My first book was Deal by Me, A Golden Opportunity to Blow. And I right. think you'll understand that. You yeah. know? And yeah. the, deal, the deal by me came from the gambler. You know, I don't want the next hand. So right. you know, okay. I'm finished with it. So okay. it was Deal by Me, A Golden Opportunity to Blow. You know, talking about my law practice, how I just blew that. But during the COVID time, when I wrote my second book, it was Deal By Me, a second edition, uh, it was a self-evaluation. Right. That's when I really went through all of what I got from what I went through. Right. You know, I, just, I just did a self-reflection. I reflected on it. And uh, I just wrote about it. And there were some things that I really talked about and shared. Uh, that I really thought was, you know, very important. Folks, you know, right. uh, I talked about in my in the book things like, you know, the darkest hour was just before dawn. You yeah. Know, uh, that you need to always confront the source. You know, how how an island man is a devil's workshop. You know how how, how I talked about even how you play with fire, and you you will get burned. You know. Oh yeah. 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 And you know how. And also how to accept responsibility, you know, and telling people who will read my book that crime does not pay, you know. And and one of the things I thought was most important was to share with them that if you are, you know, if something is consuming you, you know, and that was, I did that as a result of my gambling because it, it started getting consuming me. I said, you know, step back from it, you know. Right. And, and don't let your circumstance be an excuse, you know. And I and I did say, you know, in my book that there is some good in every situation, you know. So, uh, and 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 I came to the conclusion that I really wanted to point out to you is that I came to the conclusion that I really was not a compulsive gambler as I thought I was at the beginning. Now, this is going to be interesting, and the reason I came to that conclusion was because. Uh, during the time that I was out, I wanted to go to, it was a gambling anonymous place, right. okay? And I wanted to talk to the guys about gambling because uh, I I wanted to share with them, you know, where I was and how you get there. And when I talked with the, with the uh, manager of, of, the, of, the, of the gambling anonymous house, it was called Amateurville, and he asked me, he said, are you still a gambler? And I said, no, I don't gamble anymore. You know, I've I quit. Right. And he, he said to me, he said, well, I don't know if the guys would be interested in hearing from you uh, because, you know, we take the position that once a gambler, kind of like an alcoholic, once a gambler, always a gambler. Right. And I just knew that was not me, right. you know. So in my self-reflection, I came to the conclusion uh as I was doing my self-evaluation for my last book, I came to the conclusion that that what my problem was, I was afraid to fail. Okay. 
I wow. was afraid to fail. Okay. Uh, I had been this outstanding lawyer on top of the world, and now all of a sudden I lost everything, and I just couldn't see myself going there. And I thought that if I could recoup, that I could come back, throw my head back, like nothing happened. You know, right. I know now that's yeah. not the case, but that's right. the way I was feeling then. So that was what I concluded. So I can, I think, and I tell people that I thought in the beginning in my first book that it was I was a compulsive gambler, but I concluded later that that's not what I was. That I, I I was afraid to fail. Wow, and I think that's that resonates with a lot of people because. Um... You know, that is something that we were, if you will, worry about. But we all, you know, we all have fail, failures. We make mistakes um, and we can grow from it. Um, great, great point with that. Um, do you think that your time, you know, you went to ministry after prison. Do you think that led to that? Or do you think you just learned from that and you found a stronger faith with your your yeah. faith? Now I'm going to tell you something that really is really interesting. I, my faith actually took hold while I was out on bond. Okay. Uh, I can tell you, my mom yeah, was yeah. a really yeah. dedicated Christian. Uh, yeah. She taught with me. Folk came by the house. They prayed with me. Ministers came and taught with me. And I just started meditating about my life. and. Right. Uh, and uh, I just felt the calls. So I went to my, my pastor and told him about what was going on with me. And I hadn't gone to prison at this time. I even gone to court. Right. I told him what was going on with me. And he said to me, uh, he said, well, uh, he said, looks like you're feeling the call. And uh, I, he say, you know, if, if you're feeling the call, you need to go out on it. Except you can't run, you can't run from it. <laughs> yeah. And so, he, I told him, I said, well, I'd like to wait until I, I, I get out, because I knew I was going to get some time. You know, no way possible that was going, and I was going to plead guilty because I was guilty. And so I, I told him, I said, well, let me wait until I get out, and then I'll do my initial sermon. And he said, well, I don't know if you want to do that because the Lord might just have something for you to do while you are confined. Because I told him I'll do, I was going to get some time. And uh, so, he's, so he set my date for my initial sermon up on a Saturday, first Saturday uh, in January. Uh, and you're not going to believe this when I tell you. First Saturday in January before a packed house nice. in Lewisburg, North Carolina. I preached my initial sermon and I went to court that Monday. Wow. And I got my 15 year sentence on that Monday. Wow. But I never regret it because when I went, when I went in, I got the best job. Uh, I worked in the chaplain's office. Uh, and this is something you really is going to have a hard time believing. They say that I was perhaps one of the first inmates that got a chance to leave the prison on my own. Wow. I, I I flew to two to two seminars, one that was sponsored by a prison fellowship, one to Stallstown, Pennsylvania, and another one to uh, Washington, D.C. 
Wow. And and came back. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it yeah. was it was of such that they wouldn't even let other inmates know this about me. They thought I was gone back to court somewhere. They would let right. them know that I was, you know, had, yeah. had left and went to a seminar. Wow. That's just how that's just how I was being blessed. Wow. I that's never great. never prison to me was and I don't want to say this because it's, it's kind of downgrade things a little bit, but sound a little crazy. But it really was almost kind of like almost a five-year vacation, except I couldn't go any place else. <laughs> yeah. I was behind walls, you know. Right, right. But that's just where it was. I, I didn't, I had best jobs, worked in the warden's office, I worked in the uh, instructor's office as a, as a tutor. Okay. And, and also later in the chaplain's office. Yeah. Wow. So great jobs. Yeah. Wow. That's something. Well, Jim, where can, James, where can people find out more about you, your website, your books? Let's tell them where they can get a hold of you because you've done some great stuff, some great work, and I want to make sure they get a hold of you. Well, thank you so much. Well, they can contact me from my website, which is uh, com, which is the also the name of my books. I've got three books. One is uh, Deal By Me. Uh, a golden opportunity to blown and deal by me second edition of self evaluation and because I was doing conflict across the state church conflict I have a book dealing with that too which is entitled Come Let Us Reason Together so all three of those books are on my website can be purchased on my website or uh, you can also purchase them from Amazon.com and uh, either. It, also from Barnes and Nobles, all you gotta do is just pull them up, James W. Smith. Okay. Pull your name up, James W. Smith, you get them. If they want an autograph copy, then they just go to my website and uh, order the book they want, and I will autograph it and send it to them. That's great. Well, we'll make sure we put that all in the show notes so people have that information. Um, I, I thank you for what you do for this world. Thank you for your positive attitude. Thank you for who you are and everything you've contributed. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time and being a guest on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast today. No problem. Thank you so very much for having me. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. You have a great day. Thank you. All right. Hello, this is Bob Brum, your Encouragement Engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an encouragement engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur, a corporate contributor, or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and encouragement engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at bobbrumspeaks.com for more information. And please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.